0: you're listening to KJ recaps. Welcome back to KJ recaps. We are here recapping Stranger Things season 2 episode 4, Will the Wise. I am Jess. I'm Kim. Uh so just to dive right into it here, Kim, I feel like in the last podcast um, I uh, hypothesized that it would be impossible for Stranger Things to take us to a dark place with Dart. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. Oh, Muse! That he would turn on us. <laughs> and the same, the went, episode ends. With it him went really like, dark. It <laughs> got so bad, like we would have this adorable little sidekick that would just, you know, follow them around and not get bigger than a <laughs> Labrador Retriever. And holy shit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Jess, are you saying we were terrified. wrong about a theory? What?
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I will like I love these episodes that are kind of you know needed to be kind of big explainer episodes. Like I feel like a lot happened in this one in the sense that like. We set everybody up to be going somewhere. There was, like, a lot of information that kind of came around. We saw, like, some people's schemes or, like, got more information. But, yeah, yeah. it also means, I think, that a lot of theories get confirmed or destroyed. More, <laughs> more destroyed than confirmed. Uh, In our
1: case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: so, i mean yeah i'm ready to go through and just tick those all off the list
1: yeah exactly uh yeah not least among them was that uh dart is not going to be a lovable God sidekick now. to our boys uh dustin's room is covered in blood of oh, of his like beloved ew. cat like Shika dark oh. we went there
0: Oh, it did, which we should not be surprised by at this point, but uh good on you stranger things. I was <laughs> like, well, this is going to be interesting. So, um before we dive in, we are going to go through this scene by scene. We have only seen up to episode 4. Um so we won't be going beyond that. It will be spoiler-free beyond that. Um and certainly if you have any feedback or thoughts, we are flying through these quickly. Um, so if you have left us a note on the previous episode saying you guys are idiots, the dart is really scary. We understand.
1: (laughs) Then fair enough. You wouldn't be wrong about that.
0: (laughs) Uh, but please do leave that at kjrecaps.com slash feedback. It's always awesome to hear from people who are listening. Uh, certainly follow us on Facebook and Twitter at KJRecaps and maybe check out one of our other podcasts. We've done uh, numerous other shows. You can find that in your podcast app of choice by searching Recaps. And without further ado, shall we dive into episode
1: four? Episode four, Will the the Wise. Uh, Okay, so we pick up immediately after we left off in the last episode, which is pretty much the MO of Stranger Things, which I love. So Joyce is racing to the school. It's, like, amazing that she's going in, like, a 20-mile-an-hour school zone, and she is (laughs) just... barreling down the road Uh, so she finds the boys are also looking for Will ultimately Lucas uh, finds him in the field and when everyone gets there Will looks like he's almost like having a seizure so in the Upside Down he is still being bombarded by this shadow monster that is like I don't know like getting inside him just like overtaking him and then in the real world it's like his eyes are rolling back in his head and Oh my God, it's like terrifying. Poor
0: Joyce, like and awful for everybody to witness. Exactly, like, they seem
1: to be able to do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, poor Will, of course, but like, oh my God, after everything that they've been through, Joyce just be- being so helpless to do anything while he's, you know, standing there like under attack by uh, yeah. by this monster is like, anyway. Um, so it. Um, It ends with, like, the shadow monster in the Upside Down sort of, like, finishes its assault. And then in the real world, Will just, like, abruptly opens his eyes and wakes up. Credits. Oh, they know how to do a cold open in Stranger Things. Yeah,
0: they really do. And an ending. Both of those. Yeah. Um, So that right after credits, we go back to we're with Joyce. She's leading the school with her arm around Will. The boys are kind of talking about it, but it's hard because we'll see this a couple times. Max is with them. So they start talking about True Sight. They realize she's there and they kind of brush it off. Yeah. Um. And then back home, there's a conversation with Will and Joyce where he's saying he can't remember what happened and she knows he's lying. And Joyce is just like mom of the year. Yeah. Like I, of the decade. Like she just is so good. She doesn't get frustrated. She doesn't get mad, but she instead approaches it by earning his trust she says that she thinks like she saw something on the videotape she shows him her drawing and she says i think dr owens is wrong and that what you're experiencing is real but like i you know i can't help you unless you talk about it yeah and so he agrees to no more secrets and it's obviously really difficult for him to talk about and i think also because he doesn't seem to be able to explain it
1: exactly
0: Um, yeah so it feels like for the most of the time we still have normal will with us through this episode question mark i would
1: agree i mean there's that one moment later in the episode when he says the emphatic no about getting in the bath and he likes it cold where he definitely didn't really seem to be himself but then i think the big indicator that something is not right with will in a way that he might not even be aware of it is when we see his like eyes moving rapidly under the the, his eyelids when he's sleeping yeah like what is he doing potentially in the upside down while he's asleep and doesn't even know it like is he traveling to the upside down unconsciously that's where my mind went and, when I saw Or is he,
0: is he the shadow monster when he's there? Yeah, I know what you mean. Like there's something happening there. And then it almost, even when he's going to say that, you know, he likes it cold. It's not like I like it cold. You know what I mean? Like I think exactly. I was thinking of it as more of like that thing speaking through him. And it's not quite that. It's like Will really is a host and he's creating the optimal conditions. Um, but for the most part, at least for now, we still get real will and it's just his struggle seems to be more that he just doesn't know how to explain it so he says here like that he tried to um fight it off which is just heartbreaking and that it got him and he felt it everywhere and he still feels it um so Yeah. yeah
1: and then i just i i agree i love Joyce so much and i really loved that So Joyce promises him uh, him at the end of this scene that she is going to make sure that no harm comes to him and that she's going to fix it. And she promises. And even though uh, ultimately there's a lot that's outside of, Uh, Joyce's control you see like a statement like that from a parent or whoever that's really kind of a hollow promise like they really can't do much about it but when it's coming from Joyce especially like imagine that your will and that you're stuck in this upside down and that your mom literally traveled worlds to come and save you figured out
0: how to communicate with you traveled between different dimensions never didn't believe that you weren't alive like you wouldn't be here if it weren't for her yeah you know so you're right It's not just a, I'm going to take care of you. Like, she means it.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This promise carries weight. And um, you're right. She really does uh, earn Will's trust for him to be able to spill this secret. And I think that um, besides not being able to talk about it because it's hard to explain, it seems as if in the past several episodes, he hasn't been really forthright with Joyce because he doesn't want to cause her um, additional worry. Like, protecting
0: her. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, But... Yeah, like this is just—it's a great scene to to really see that Joyce is on side. There is nothing that Will can tell her that she won't believe. Yeah. Um. So Elle returns to the cabin after her not very successful outing. So um, I just want
0: to say that, like, I'm pretty sure this scene happened because in the last episode, I also said that Hopper could do no wrong. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like, this we is, were like, oh, my God, this little family unit is perfection. Is and the then best. it's like
0: the biggest oh, blowout. Oh. It is fucking functional. Like, how old are both of you? Like, This is, is just... not a good
1: look on either one of them.
0: No. Like, and they're actually very similar in their stubbornness. Like, the same thing that keeps him digging a hole in a field for, like, eight hours is what... You know what I mean? Like, they're very much alike, but you are the grown-up in this situation. Like, what are you thinking in terms of how he handles this?
1: Yeah, absolutely agree. And I have to think that it is Hopper's history that is really driving his reaction in this because ultimately, Hopper's intention is to keep Elle safe and protect her from harm and potentially death. Like, this is life or death for her. And he lost one daughter already. And I think- Protecting
0: her no matter what. Like it would be better to have her literally never leave a cabin, yeah. which is insane, and be safe than risk anything. Any yes. risk is too much risk. And I, that means he's making, I think, in my mind, poor decisions. But I, I agree. It's like motivated by fear. It's motivated by a previous loss. like. Yes. That's where this anger is coming from. But is he pissed?
1: Oh, yeah, exactly. So they have this massive blowout. He tells her that the woman and daughter that she encountered called the cops. He demands to know whether she went to see Mike. And she says that he didn't see her and that no one else saw her. But ultimately, like, that does not cool the temperature at all in this argument. Uh, So, um, you know, he like, he has the whole conversation about... You know, he's protecting her, he's feeding her, he's teaching her. She, um, you know, like, screams at him that he's a liar and that she never gets to leave and nothing ever happens. And ultimately, that culminates in him grounding her, which means no egos and no TV for a week. And then... (laughs) When Elle uses her powers to not let him pick up the TV, it just escalates and escalates until finally he rips the cord out of the TV. Elle is, like, using her powers to throw things at him, like, literally, like, hit him with a couch. uh, Like, yeah. yeah. And then the, you know, the final big... Bang, if you will, is that after L, you know, shuts herself into the room, she screams and like shatters every piece of glass in the entire house, and uh, and is just sobbing. And she
0: calls, she says that he's like Papa too, which yes. I like,
1: really gets yeah. to Hopper. Yeah, Hopper's know, like, like, I can send you back to that lab in one phone call. And you're like, oh God, Hopper, that's like, the worst. Don't make that's that thread. Like
0: for for everything they do physically and what i admire is that hopper is not afraid of her physically which is foolish um but also says something that i mean we know that she can do some real damage to people if she really wants to right um but like the words they say against each other like oh you know like to compare him to that yeah psycho who had her like was abusing her in the lab and then for him to say i could send you back there like you gotta regret saying that yeah it just and i think you know i think
1: he does we see it a little bit in the next scene where he approaches the door sort of like with the intention it seems of trying to make peace but then like changes his mind before he gets anything out and yeah this was uh not not a great scene for two of our favorite characters. They were no. not their best their best selves.
0: No, they weren't. Um, so after that, we just have a quick scene of Jonathan coming home to find Joyce and Will curled up in Will's bed. This is where we see Will's eyes moving rapidly. So potentially something is happening that he's not fully cognizantly aware of. Um, so even though he's here sleeping. Um, and then breakfast at the Wheeler house, just another normal, happy suburban family. Um, and Nancy gives the excuse that she's going to spend the night with her friend. And this is so that she can meet up with Jonathan and no one cares. Sounds, sounds like fun, honey. (laughs) Goodbye.
1: Yeah and then uh, yeah she tells Jonathan again like you don't have to do this when like obviously they're on their way to go carry out their scheme but uh, Jonathan's all in and I do I love this this duo as you said in the last podcast like they're they're good schemers together. They came up with some awesome monster capturing plans in season one. So. Right. And now their plan is to burn the entire lab to the ground. And to the ground. I love it. Me too. They would be
0: much better police officers than the Hawkins police force. That's right. Of <laughs> that is true. <laughs>
1: They um, do more
0: in like two hours than anyone else has ever done.
1: Yes, with the exception of Hopper, there's only two police officers on the force. It seems, and they both <laughs> fucking suck.
0: We didn't talk about it last time, but remember when they're like, "It got dark," and he's like, "That's what four flashlights are for." Yeah, <laughs> like, just like I'm you sorry dipshits,
1: my <laughs> do your job. Yeah. Um, okay, so Joyce is frantically trying to reach Hopper. Uh, She's called the station numerous times, but she doesn't want to talk to anyone else. Um, So she just leaves yet another message. And then Will wakes up and says that he's feeling weird. And when Joyce takes his temperature, he's actually really cold. Um, So he says he doesn't feel cold. He sort of feels like he hasn't woken up yet. And then uh, she says she'll run him a bath to warm him up. So we know that Dart doesn't like heat. And, um, I mean, there isn't any sun in the Upside Down. So, I mean, like, I don't know that there's any connection here. There are obviously two different entities, the Demogorgon and and the Shadow Monster, right? So, the fact that neither of them can tolerate heat, is there any connection there?
0: I think there must be, and I think, well, there's not... I mean, it's not that there's not organic matter in the upside down because there is. There's like weird stuff growing on the walls and stuff. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it's not like it's funny because it's that. And then that also makes me think of Mr. Clark's lecture that's going to be two scenes from now where he's talking about all living things reacting to fear and danger the same way. Yes. And it's like that even applies to these things in the upside down that have kind of similar reactions. You know what I mean? Mm. Um. So they're, like, organic but not. But I think definitely it's related, the fact. And now I do think that there is just one dart. Like, I know we hypothesized last time that maybe there were numerous darts. Right. Um, Really? But now that they, like, we see how fast they grow. Like, there's clearly not a bunch of demogorgons running around again. Like, they were really, they're destructive, right? And kill a lot of things and people go missing and... Yeah, love, I see love, love, love. what you're
1: saying, although I continue to think that this is, like, literally an infestation. Obviously, like, there is the infestation of vines that we see at the end of this episode, but I I do think that there are more darts out there.
0: Interesting. Yeah. And they're just not growing?
1: No, I mean, like, like if, I think— if all
0: it's taken is a couple bites of Three Musketeers for it to, like, start killing cats, like, it— Yeah, but I guess, I mean, like, like,
1: I I guess, uh, I don't know. What if there are several of them that are growing at the same rate? So, I mean, simultaneously, Dustin finds Dart eating the cat and like elsewhere, there are other animals going missing and we'll potentially find out about that in the next episode or two. I don't know. I just think that it would be, um, I don't know, overly coincidental and simplistic if the one slug that will coughed up into his drain ended up in dustin's garbage can and maybe that garbage can yeah maybe that's fair i mean maybe it's just simply a storytelling device that it ends up in the you know in the proximity of the people that we're actually following which is fair enough but i think that there are more and i kind of hope there's more i think it would be more interesting
0: um so after the scene uh that where Joyce is gonna run the hot bath. Uh, we get cute Dart uh, when Dustin wakes up in the morning. I and
1: mean, now I think I'm gonna, just- I'm gonna maybe suggest that cute is like relative in this instance,
0: but I, he isn't gross. He
1: isn't like you know a horrible cat murdering monster yet. That is true. Yes, that's right.
0: <laughs> but like, I really feel like it's the show trolling me now because he's like, he's got like a cute little wiggle, and he kind of looks like Flubber, and he's just like. I don't know, like, he makes, like, cute little, like, you know, chirping noises, and he, like, he's definitely to Dustin.
1: He's definitely non-threatening at this point still.
0: Totally. And, like, so it's just this, you know, you're like, oh, great, and Dustin's, like, awesome. Although I did get, like, a weird vibe when he didn't put the, the mesh back on top of the, like, terrarium. I was like, oh, what if he gets out? Well, it turns out he's going to bust out through the sides, so it doesn't even matter. Right. But, like, <laughs> um... So he tells Dart he'll be back after school, and he arrives at school where his like gang of biker friends are no are not there, and it turns out it's because they don't know that he has Dart, and they have arrived early to look for it, uh, and like Dustin, not cool. Um, So Mike and uh, Max and Lucas are looking through garbage. (laughs) Poor Lucas has like
1: yeah, he drew the the short short straw. straw. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: And uh, when Max moves closer to Dustin, Lucas is, like, not happy about it. So there's just, like, a little bit of that. But clearly the ongoing search for Dart is going to weigh heavily on Dustin's conscience as we go on.
1: Yeah, exactly. I cannot imagine that he's going to continue to keep this secret after finding new No, this is going to be a problem murdered. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Um Because, like, <laughs> I what I thought might happen when we were discussing the theories before, even in the theory where this type of thing would happen. I didn't, I you know, I expected that Dart would get violent, perhaps, and scary. But, I mean, like, when Dustin witnesses his own pet being eaten, I don't think he's oh. going to continue the uh sort of like misguided idea that he could like tame him or whatever which is what i thought might happen in this instance yeah. if he does I mean. go rogue then like dustin will be like i can fix him i can tame him whatever yeah no i think he's gonna fess up pretty much immediately
0: <laughs> <laughs> and like be very terrified of what's just happened in his room which is like is awful
1: right yeah. Uh so we have the scene where Mr. Clark is talking about fear and the reactions to danger that you had already mentioned. Um and then his his lesson on fear and the body's reaction of pounding heart and palm sweating, those are overlaid with um Will walking towards the hot bath with like obvious trepidation and we can see like s- sweat on the back of his neck and stuff like he is afraid of this hot bath. Uh so when he comes back out to the kitchen and tells Joyce it's too hot uh, she sees that he has drained the tub and this is where when she says like we need to get your body temperature back up he says this like really kind of out of character no he likes it cold do you think it's significant Mm -hmm. that he calls the shadow monster he instead of like it
0: well Yeah, like, I think he, like, his, how he's referencing, he has all this knowledge that he doesn't know how he acquired. Mm -hmm. Like, he just now knows, like, that that shadow monster (laughs) prefers the pronoun of he. (laughs) You know, like, it's just like. Yeah. I think it's, you know, he's speaking on his behalf. And I think it's the shadow monster's fear that we're seeing exhibited in Will's body. I agree. um, Approaching the water, too. So he, like, they are definitely you know, like, Will's walking towards the water because he wants to be in a bath. The Shadow Monster does not want
1: to be in a bath. Shadow Monster wins that battle. Right. So I'm kind of wondering if, I mean, I don't know. I'm just kind of, like, a stream of consciousness here. I haven't really thought it out. But, like, what if the Shadow Monster wants access to, like, the real world, our world, and for whatever reason, like, he is not able to travel outside of the upside down unless he's in a host like what is right what is the benefit I wonder of him sort of possessing will because he seems like a really powerful being right like what does he need will for but you know maybe it's because he can't he can't access this world without a conduit
0: yeah, and he's stuck like I mean Will would probably not be your first choice cuz you've <laughs> chosen a very tiny little boy, but it's because Will went through this situation with the Demogorgon and survived and because he has true sight, that's really his only option, like the shadow monster's only option and so he takes it. I mean, I don't know. Or like, so okay. So I the portal um I th- like is a living thing we know it keeps trying to expand and Mm -hmm. the lab thinks that they have it all under control as they do they (laughs) often do surprise Uh, you don't yeah you don't um and so what it seems to have done since it can't expand in the direction it wants to is that it's grown down like vines or something and is expanding out at a dramatic radius beyond the lab it's expanding like Um, down
1: instead of out
0: exactly like under the because lab like,
1: and out instead of like through the portal which is seems to be the only area they're focusing on on pulling right like the they weeds think okay you,
0: well we've got this under control like yeah. as dr owens will later say this is all under control um when it clearly is not so then do you need somebody on the you know that side of it that when the time comes that the shadow monster or the beings in control of the under or of the upside down are going to make a move to like action something between the two different. You know what I mean? Like, do they need will to do some sort of action?
1: Right. Um. So and like, then, yeah, I think that I think that that theory makes sense to me. So so I'm 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 thinking too that like okay so um. Dart was essentially, like, born out of um, inhabiting will, and he, like, coughed it up. Like, what if yeah. the Demogorgon itself, all of the darts that I think might be out there, um, require some kind of, like, living thing to, um, like I don't know.
0: Incubate their... To
1: incubate them, right? Well, what if young, the living thing doesn't necessarily need to be human or even a mammal? Do they simply require um like living tissue even in plant form like is um the decay that we're seeing in all of these fields potentially like the vines or the demogorgons or whatever it is feeding off of them in order to expand and do they need to come to this world to expand because they have already exhausted all of the resources in the upside down and like i don't know yeah
0: i think there's something to that like i mean i think it's you know the the portal is almost seems like a different kind of organic being in the sense that either maybe it is eating the pumpkins or maybe it's just taking all of the nutrients out of the soil to the point where the pumpkins you know and poisoning where the pumpkins are drawing their nutrients from but you're like along those lines and then the demogorgon seems to need a human host or something like that yeah. to incubate its offspring yeah that
1: feels that fair. feels right that feels like it makes sense and then we you know we don't really know how and will was just saved shadow enough in the process right so right. we we don't know yeah. how the shadow monster sort of like connects with that yet except to your point like perhaps will is like the only living thing that is left in the upside down at least some of the time when he has these episodes and he flashes back to there like maybe there is simply no other option for the shadow monster to sort of go into like do you think that the shadow monster is um do you think that it is a threat to the Demogorgons? like do they live in harmony or is this something that like dart would be afraid of is that why we saw the screeching as you suggested that from dart towards will in the last episode
0: yeah i don't know but i kind of get the sense of the latter but honestly kim i think that's based on nothing but my (laughs) own like attempt to write a script here so i don't know but it the shadow monster seems way more intimidating like the demogorgon is scary on its own until you see like something like the shadow monster and then you're just like okay like maybe it's just a hunter and feeding and it's not that big of a you know what I mean? It's yes. kind of like a foot soldier
1: rather than a, the big bad itself,
0: right? And yeah,
1: but I'm yeah. I don't know. Lots of lots of speculation. I mean, like we don't. If only know. we could
0: watch <laughs> episodes five through nine and figure it out.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um so after the bath scene it's the next morning in the cabin hopper has boarded up the windows since all the glass is broken and this is what you had referenced earlier that he um almost looks like he's going to apologize and almost gets there and instead just doubles down on uh staying harsh and tells her to clean the place up and maybe he'll fix the tv um and finally he connects with his radio and finds out that joyce has been calling him Um, and then the other quick scene is this basketball game, (laughs) which, like, (laughs) it's, like,
1: I, I don't understand the relevance of the basketball games. Me, too. Like, and also, Uh, Billy, like, do you own a shirt, or?
0: I know, like, every shirts and skins game, and also, I was, like, where are the coaches and or teachers during all of this? Like, he's just, like. You know way you're allowed in a game to just walk up the court yelling, taunting at, you know, one <laughs> of the guys. Like, it makes no sense. Right. Uh, and then I can't figure out Billy's behavior in general here because he's, like, harsh to Steve but not
1: – I don't I, know. I don't know. Like, I can't figure out weird. this character whatsoever. And <laughs> honestly, I mean, like, I know that Steve historically has not been my my favorite, but he has made a lot of – um growth he's like he's grown as a person and i still don't love him for nancy but i find myself feeling really protective of steve when billy is just the absolute fucking worst <laughs> I it's mean, just it's
0: bizarre billy and has like,
1: made me want to like you maybe know that's protect his whole point steve. for steve <laughs> yeah
0: you're just like poor steve and like the, like so much of this scene happens in the shower and then this other guy that we don't even know is just like isn't, so steve does find out that nancy is with jonathan
1: isn't that steve's old friend from season one? Oh, is it that guy steve, i mean i the don't know to
0: me i'm just like oh whatever yeah
1: i <laughs> rando no baby yeah
0: um so he does know that and billy is like no problem there's plenty of bitches in the sea yeah i'll Excellent save you a few advice. fuck Thanks, you
1: billy. you yep. dirtbag he is um so nancy and jonathan are in the park it's a uh, quarter past the you know nine o'clock time slot that i that that i think they were supposed to meet barb's mom but like At nine yeah yeah except except when they say si- when um nancy says it's 15 past jonathan says jonathan says give him more time who's him agreed well i think it's
0: dr owen's so like, how did they conv- How did they tell Barb's mom not to come? I don't know. Because I, like, I really this obviously is the plan, as we see at the end of the episode. But right. like. I really think they're not sure, and then they what they're watching for is not anyone like Barb's mom. It's, I know. You know like at first, you're like, oh, are they just looking for suspicious people because they're worried? But that's actually who they're trying to bait.
1: Yes, no, um, I, I I agree. It was their plan all along, and I did sort of recognize that in that in this scene. Like, yeah. I fully anticipated that they were expecting to have an encounter with people from the lab, yeah. and they were actively looking for them. But yeah, what I what I didn't understand was that I really did think that Barb's mom was going to show up.
0: Well, me too. And we even, like, we didn't see, it was really her. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like Jonathan on the phone being like, hello? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, it was like, exactly. it
1: Barb's was mom her. here.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. So did they do something else But we didn't see? I'm sure that will get like that. There's a reason we haven't seen what happened there. But, um, But, yeah, he does say give him time. And I feel like that's... That's
1: Dr. Owens. Dr. Owens. Okay, got it. Uh so um they once they like notice the suspicious people, they go to the car and of course, like the show is playing as as if they're very nervous and you know, this is somewhat unexpected, but it was their plan all along. And of course when they go to um start Jonathan's car, it doesn't start, and then they're surrounded by mm-hmm. people offering them a ride, which is really not a choice. <laughs>
0: Yeah, not a choice at all. No. Uh, so Hopper arrives at Joyce's house uh, finally, and everything is open. Joyce is, like, in her jacket, but Will is sitting on the bed in just his PJ pants, no t-shirt, just kind of, like, staring out the window.
1: Yeah. Very creepy and disconcerting. Um, I think that it is uh, we didn't we we mentioned that he said this but just in terms of him saying that he felt like he hadn't woken up yet like mm. I, I don't know he seems to sort of be walking around in a bit of a daze and it makes me think like if there are things happening what things I don't know but like you know he's involved in something even when he's just like sitting on the bed staring out the window like something internal is going on there and like we have these different worlds and different like you know planes if you use D&D terms like the boys do right so like I don't even know like is he in multiple places at the same time or something like maybe that's too out there but well, or
0: is he in between? Like, yeah. he's kind of half in one and half in the other. So it's like he's not really in either right now. Too, so he's like walking know, like,
1: around in a dream state.
0: Right. But it is, it definitely is not, I mean, we see him come to life more when he starts drawing, but it is.
1: But even the, like the drawing itself, it's like he's drawing. Well,
0: obsessed.
1: Yes, it it is. Yeah. It's like a stream of consciousness where he's not even yeah. thinking about it. It's just like, pouring out of him gets to work yeah
0: yeah um so hopper's asking him questions and um will is explaining we kind of already talked about this that he just knows what the shadow monster wants he doesn't have to think he talks about these old memories or now memories Mm -hmm. um and he's having flashing of the flashes of these tubes which we also saw during the bathtub scene too and that they're growing and spreading and killing
1: yeah like he knows he knows what the shadow monster wants in terms of like wanting to be cold but he still isn't able to explain like its ultimate motive that's right yeah
0: um and so this is where joyce suggests to use a piece of paper um and i also like I don't know, there's a scene where like Joyce hugs him here and Hopper is watching, and I just want like I feel hopefully like Hopper's like, Oh yeah, this is what good parenting looks like. And, like <laughs> <laughs> I should do better. I like, somehow feel like that need... is not
1: what's occurring to him in that moment.
0: I really <laughs> hope it is. In my like, mind, it's my I'm possessed by a
1: shadow monster. It is going there to kill everything. Meanwhile, Hopper's go... internal dialogue is like, ugh. I really shouldn't have said that thing to Elle, which she shouldn't well, have. But like... like, I don't think that's what he's thinking in that moment.
0: <laughs> but there's this like a way he looks at Joyce when she's like, cause she's so comforting for Will. I know I'm like definitely reading into this, but it just like, it's great to have her there showing what a child who is this afraid needs. And it would be great if he somehow either connects Joyce back with Elle again, or like at least figures out a little bit of this. Yes.
1: Anyway. Way to role model. Joyce. Um,
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then Mike is calling the house, which they don't answer. So he's going to show up later.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um. So Mike uh is telling Lucas and Dustin that uh, they need to meet in the AV room. And when Max moves to join them, he's like, no, party members only, which Max does not yeah. handle well. And we see more of that yeah. in a later scene so uh he tells mike and sorry mike tells lucas and dustin about what will saw on halloween he tells them about the shadow monster and they're talking about having true sight and what that would mean um so dustin says that if you're in another plane you can't interact with the material plane so honestly i looked this up and i did not understand it at all so it is like it's You know, it is, of course, Dungeons and Dragons terminology. So I think that what he's saying is that Will shouldn't be able to interact with the upside down if he is still currently in our world. Like he can maybe see it if he has true sight, but he shouldn't be able to interact with it. Is that what you think he's saying? Yeah,
0: and vice versa. That if he thinks he's in the upside down, he shouldn't be able to interact in our world. Yeah, exactly but he but he is so yeah. that's where i think you know mike's point where he's like that's this is dungeons and dragons versus the real world right <laughs> it's like you know yeah
1: yeah, I mean like Dungeons and Dragons has served them really well. It has served them <laughs> so well so far. Yeah. But yeah, it looks like we are diverging a little bit from the D&D folklore to be able to explain this stuff. But even still it gives mm-hmm. them language for what they're talking about, which is really convenient both for them and for us as viewers. <laughs>
0: yes. Absolutely.
1: Um so Uh, Dustin, uh, after he explains about, um, being on this plane versus material plane, um, then looks incredibly sheepish and guilty when Mike suggests that they really need to find Dart because it's obvious that he's connected in some way, given that will heard him in the Upside Down. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, like, he keeps forgetting that they need to find Dart. He's like, well, why would we possibly stay here? You need to find Dart. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah,
1: Because he knows exactly where he is. So, obviously, yes, at this he point, does. he doesn't know that Dart is going to become a cat monster. But, like, <laughs> oh, I'm disappointed God. in you, Dustin. This was a real <laughs> prime opportunity where you should have fessed up.
0: And, like, you would cut the growing cycle in half. Maybe he hasn't shed his skin and grown a second mouth flap by this point, And you could have, like, <laughs> saved Mew Mew. But, like... No. Downstairs. No. So there's a quick scene where Elle is at the cabin. She like tries to put the TV back together; it's definitely broken. Um, and so she does start to clean up, uh, to like put things right. But in doing so, discovers this crawl space under the floor where Hopper has put all of his files, including one labeled the Hawkins Lab. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna come back to that in the future. But this cuts to Luke, uh, Nancy, and Jonathan actually being in the Hawkins Lab.
1: Right. <laughs> <It's> <laughs>
0: convenient. Yeah.
1: Um, so Nancy's like yelling at the security camera to, you know, like, hey assholes, let us go when yeah. Dr. Owens finally arrives and he takes them for a walk. So he actually takes them right down to the basement where, um, I guess his name is Teddy, the guy who's in the hazmat suit, who's burning back the portal and its growth. Right. And, uh, on the way he talks about the abundant mistakes that scientists have made and, um, Nancy points out that those mistakes include Barb's death and uh, Dr. Owens actually, like, verbally... Uh, confirms responsibility for both Will's disappearance and Barb's death so the fact that he did that is obviously going to uh, be coming back up considering that Nancy has a tape recorder in her purse. Dr. Owens needs some communications training. I mean like, <laughs> I guess it's like say. maybe a sign of the times that they're like there's just such a low expectation that p- someone will have portable technology <laughs> with them. That Exactly you know? like their bags weren't searched before they came in it just I
0: mean, this place is like so intensely on lockdown, and then you know, a Radio Shack just defeated them. in I mean, terms of I mean, we reported. should
1: not be terribly surprised. This is the Hawkins yeah, Lamp but... level of confidence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also,
0: there's like something about Doctor Owens that I just find so funny. Like, I like when he leaves, and he's like, "I assume you're following me." I know that <laughs> was
1: like what? <laughs> that <laughs> was a good line. This is the yeah. thing: is like he is the new Brenner, but he's just so much more charming than Brenner. You can't help Agreed. but. Kind of like him a little bit as yeah. a character. Well,
0: Paul Reiser's perfectly cast there, too. I agree. You've always liked him. So it's just like, <laughs> you're kind of like, okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah.
1: Um, so, uh, so of course, Nancy and Jonathan witnessed the burning back of the organic matter around the portal and that sort of thing. And this is kind of, like, used as a veiled threat, in my opinion, that Dr. Owens was saying, yes. like, I will do whatever is necessary in order to maintain this secret. Because he points out that, like, they cannot erase their mistake. And, um, like, obviously, they can't get rid of this portal. They're doing everything they can to contain it. But can't get rid of it all together so he speaks of what would happen if like this kind of information were to get in enemy hands
0: yes and i like his analogy here because he says you know we can't erase it but we can stop it from spreading and he has this whole like pulling weeds thing mm-hmm. but i love that because weeds are like notoriously uh resilient and if you just like you know cut the top off a dandelion it obviously keeps growing you have to like extricate it from the root you know and like weeds will often find different ways around like it just reminds me of my favorite Jeff Goldblum quote of life finds a way from Jurassic Park uh but like (laughs) to say and be so as he's talking on one side about all of the mistakes that scientists have made to be so fucking cocky about we have stopped it from spreading. Right. Absolutely. All And under find control. out what you find in this episode. Like, you
1: fools. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. That um, is definitely a uh, a good analogy, like, for what's happening in the show. Like, he unintentionally right. kind of, like, shot a hole through his whole claim um, by trying to prove it. <laughs> That's
0: right. Uh, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, back at Joyce's house, Will is doing this intense drawing. You're right. He's like, he just doesn't even stop. It just like keeps on going. He's got all these papers. It doesn't seem to make sense until Joyce realizes that there is a common theme and they connect like a
1: puzzle. I just um, I love so the- Joyce's character so much. She is so smart. Yeah. She is so insightful. She is so tuned in to like Will and to others. Like uh... Agreed completely. And that they've given her in season
0: two like we talked about this in the last episode too, but you're not, she has a core group of people who know to take her seriously Mm -hmm. around her. And so while we may still get scenes down the road, like if Bob shows up and this tentacle thing is all over the floor, it might be a bit different. But (laughs) at least she and Hopper are not wasting time being like, I don't know if I believe this to be real. It's like, no, no, let's just get to solving this. He takes what they find extremely seriously. It's just like, it's really nice to have that you know, interaction between them.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: Uh, So then this is when they find out that Hopper ends up making the conclusion that it's a vine and he references back to Will's thing about its spreading and killing and he is taken off for the pumpkin patch.
1: Yeah. So at school, um, Lucas talks to Max, and she is not very happy. He's expecting her to, like, continue to help them find Dart. But she's like, why would I? You treat me like garbage. You're excluding me from these secrets that you're keeping. And I'm out. Uh, So um lucas says that it's for her own protection that they can't tell her these things and she thinks maybe it's because she's a girl um and wonders if they kept these same secrets from Elle. and lucas is really surprised that she even knows Elle's name and says that that was entirely different um but max just you know storms off she goes to billy's car where he has um like witnessed this argument between the two of them And uh, Billy is, like, legitimately scary. So he's saying that um, Max is a piece of shit, but he has to, you know, they're stuck with each other, so he has to look out for her because, like it or not, they're family. And then he says that there are certain types of people in the world that you should stay away from, and Lucas is one of them. Um, And then he, like, kind of, like, aggressively grabs her wrist, and, you know, she is incredibly upset. So is he... A racist piece of shit. And right, you know, it's, where, it's certainly where you first go. Right. Like, cause he knows nothing
0: about what Lucas said. He overheard none of it. So he doesn't. Yeah. And while Max is upset, it's not because of anything Lucas really said. You know what I mean? Like, if you were to overhear that conversation as a grown up, you'd be like, like, there's not, he didn't say anything bad that could be really misconstrued. Yeah. So it's like a very superficial judgment. And so you go to the fact of, like, is it, really lucas's skin color that he's you know concerned about here in which case like i mean or is it something else that he is an not- absolute
1: piece of shit we like we absolutely we do know this i don't know he so he has given max some grief about even making friends in this town when um he was driving towards lucas mike and dustin as they were biking down the road and he was threatening to hit them he was like are they your friends you know like and she says no it's like um he doesn't want Max to have any kind of connection to this place for some reason Mm -hmm. and then beyond that I was also thinking like maybe uh he he knows that these you know these kids are quote unquote a group of freaks you know they're friends with the freak will uh who was the zombie boy and whatever like maybe he doesn't think that even a sister or a stepsister or whoever she is that he hates should be hanging out with these kind of like group of losers that might make him look bad or something i was really kind of thinking of all sorts of explanations beyond that you know immediate conclusion that you might jump to like I don't know if it's any of that stuff but I don't know what he means here but I hate him
0: and she's really upset by it too so yeah whatever it is it's not good and I agree that it could be something else than what we're jumping to although like clearly it's set up that way yeah um so but yeah Billy's not good
1: nope Uh, And then just a really quick scene of Hopper in the dead pumpkin field. Like, he grabs a shovel and starts digging. So, obviously, there's payoff for that at the end of the episode. Yes, there is.
0: And then, like, I don't know. Each of these episodes so far has had, like, at least one incredibly heartbreaking scene. Like, I find the... Not drama, but the I don't know the emotions run high in this uh, this second season. Yeah. so this is where L comes across Terry Ives's file, and it doesn't take her long to kind of put you know, what she's reading. she there's the clippings in there of the baby gone missing um, that you know, baby Jane being taken, and she finds a picture of uh, Terry and Dr. Brenner, and she says Papa out loud and she makes a decision to go and try and use her powers to find terry and she's able to do it with a radio Mm -hmm. um and so she she just like we saw terry in the last season she's like kind of seemingly comatose or whatever in a chair and she keeps repeating three to the right four to the left rainbow
1: yeah what does that mean i wonder so
0: there was a preview. So I did I did search this. So there was a preview release that I didn't see like a week or two ago before this dropped. And it's Terry saying this over and over again. Like you wouldn't have gotten the context at all. Like it's very jarring. It's about 30 seconds. And like Elle is in it and it's like really weird. But there's all these visuals and there's a lot of like wayfinding signage. Mm. So she'll be like saying like, three to the right and there'll be like three arrows pointing to the right like as if you were going down a hallway or like in a hospital or something right like, like they are directions essentially is what i'm trying to say yeah. at least the way you read it in that preview which may be completely not at all what this refers to i think that makes um, sense
1: to me though like i wasn't thinking directions immediately honestly i was uh my mind automatically jumped to like a um to a lock combination um right but like either way I was thinking that Terry Ives I didn't think had anything in terms of like psychic abilities and stuff um or at least not much but it seems like she does and this information is going to be poignant in some way
0: well or was it like something that happened right before the traumatic events that made her be like this like you know, like this was something she had to like memorize and know, and now it's all that is like in her mind, maybe, or do you mean the fact that she connects with l
1: yeah, it was like i I thought that it was the connection with l that made it clear to me that she has some kind of abilities of her own, and that made me think that what she is repeating could potentially be something that she um she knows through her own psychic abilities and um is unable to communicate in a way that's not a riddle
0: but do you think she has psychic abilities because she connected with l like mike has come very close to realizing that she's there too
1: yes but mike didn't see and address her by name look at her yeah yeah. like Terry Ives calls her Jane she sees her and interacts with her in there and um, right. although Mike comes close or it looks like he comes close when Elle is right in front of his face he gets up and walks away so there is um, I think a connection between Mike and Elle only because Elle is able to break through in some ways through her own abilities and uh, I, I really think that this was showing us that Terry Ives was able to connect through abilities of her own maybe she is isn't able to go to that sort of astral place or like the black place by herself but we've never seen L have a two-way conversation in that um in that sort of place except with the demogorgon where the demogorgon yeah. was aware of her presence but n- no other times have we no she because i mean she was designed to be able to listen really that no one would know she was there exactly yeah yeah I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm leaping to conclusions here, but that was the no, impression I got. No, that's a good
0: point. I think I was thinking, like, it's like a mother-daughter connection, and she's having the same sense. And, like, while it looks like she's looking at Elle, is it more that, like, her eyes are open wherever she is? And, like, she senses her, and so she says Jane. But maybe, like, yeah, maybe that makes a lot of sense. Because she does look at her, so. um, And Elle can't help herself and tries to touch her, and that makes her disappear, um, which really kind of shatters Elle into a million pieces. Yeah. Which is very heartbreaking it to watch. It
1: is, yeah. Um, so Mike stops by Will's house and Joyce doesn't want to let him in. Um, but Mike is really concerned. And, um, when Joyce tries to send him away because Will's not feeling well, uh, he sort of comes right out and says it like, this is about the shadow monster, isn't it? And Joyce seems to be surprised that he is aware of it and, uh, I picture like the next moments of that conversation is going to be like Joyce, you know, peppering Mike with questions to get all the information that he knows and like ushering him in the house to be like a full part of this resolution. It's like
0: the password. Yeah. He now is in the club. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, and then we have Nancy and Jonathan being escorted back to Jan- Jonathan's car, which now starts easily. Uh, and what? Yes, what? <laughs> uh, and then after they're clear of the lab, Nancy opens her purse to reveal a tape recorder. So this is obviously job, their Kim. purchase from it's Radio exactly Shack. exactly
0: like you said it would be. Um, well, like You totally called this one. I
1: definitely called that it was going to be a tape recorder. But if I just remind you for a moment that I thought perhaps they were going to like... Let's stop here they were gonna piece together (laughs) they were gonna piece together Barb saying something from like an existing tape I legitimately thought they were gonna like play a recording for Barb's mom that was like
0: like Like, she's
1: fine yeah I've like we can run away Like, (laughs) like oh I'm an idiot
0: Anything to bring Barb back in any kind of way possible, yeah.
1: (laughs) I mean, half right is better than none right, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Uh, So uh, Jonathan asks if she still wants to do this, and she says, let's burn this lab to the ground, and then they leave the Hawkins city limits. Where are they going, do you think?
0: Well, yeah, like where are they going to take that tape recording that would have an impact,
1: you know, like... Who do we know who's not in Hawkins anymore? I mean, I can only think of Brenner.
0: Yeah, like what's he going to do? I have no like, idea. Are they going to some like high level of government? Question mark. Yeah, how would they like, even
1: have access to Brenner? I can't think of anyone that we've met so far who's not in Hawkins. Yeah. So it has to be someone we haven't met yet? Like, I mean, my thought was to like the media. Like, I really,
0: I don't know. But they're definitely leaving, so, yeah.
1: I don't know. I have to stew on that a little bit longer to come up with any kind of theory. I've got nothing.
0: Me no. Or I'm just going to watch episode five. And I mean, also,
1: that me. is also a good plan. <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I might get answers if I see what the devil If you continue watching
1: with. the show. Oh, my God. That's smart.
0: Uh, So then... <laughs> Dustin's mom is trying to feed Mew Mew some meow mix, which I totally thought were Cheerios the first time I watched it. I was like, why is this cat eating breakfast cereal? But no, kitty, kitty kibble. Um, and yeah, this is just the horror of all horrors. So Dustin goes to see Dart. He starts telling him that he's going to need to probably like bring him to his friends. And it is just gross. So the terrarium's all smashed. There's a skin of Dart's former size uh in the terrarium and then you hears a screeching from the corner and the screeching is different it is much deeper yeah. much louder than it was much more familiar to us yes um and then there's just like dried blood in a path to Mew Mew. oh my god oh and- no and now we have a real Demogorgon who's pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my geez. god. You
1: know what? It's just about dog size.
0: <laughs> exactly. Right right around the size of a golden
1: retriever. So Perfect. if our um if our theory from last episode is correct. Dustin would go ahead and put a collar on that bad boy, just like walk him around <laughs> <Right>. town. <laughs> so if
0: I were like a breeder of Demogorgons, I would breed them so that they just stopped at like last episode size. <laughs> little, little teacup Demogorgons instead of like large breed Demogorgons because so they get gross as they get big.
1: This is probably a stupid question, but like do you think that – Dustin is in real peril here like are we going to have a scene of Dustin fighting for his life
0: the second time I watched it like especially knowing what was coming I was concerned that his bedroom door is closed
1: and locked
0: right you know like so it feels that way it felt very threatening but does this thing have enough to be like oh you're the guy who saved me and fed me three musketeers which made me grow 25 times bigger in 24 hour span right or is it like hey you're now i'm big enough to eat you i
1: don't know yeah i think that it i think that we are going to see dustin sort of like slowly backing away and you know speaking to dart in soft voices until he is able to like escape from the room lock it in um i i don't think he's gonna try to take dart on himself and try to catch him or anything so he's going to run out of the room close the door behind him and then I expect when he goes back with his friends as backup like the room's going to be empty and dart is like released in the world somewhere
0: yeah and we know that they get kind of distracted when they're eating like that happened in the last season too right Mm -hmm. like when he's like eating the deer and stuff like they're a little bit less threatening so if he can get out while Mew Mew is still being eaten then you might, yeah.
1: What anyway. is Dustin's Ugh. mom gonna think when he finds a d- oh when she God, finds a I dead know. cat and blood all over Dustin's room? <laughs> Could you imagine?
0: Oh man, it's not gonna be good.
1: Oh no, <laughs> she's gonna be like, Dusty, what have you done?
0: Oh man. <laughs>
1: Uh, So then we have Hopper still digging in the pumpkin field. It is like dusk now. He's been digging all day and finally breaks. It's quite the hole. Yeah, it's a giant hole. Um, And then he (laughs) finally sort of breaks through with this like squelching noise. Like it's all wet. And um, you have in your notes that it seems to kind of like sound alive. I don't know that I really kind of got that impression. But there is something like, I don't know, there's like a weird layer in between dirt and the tunnel that he ultimately kind of like drops down into and then
0: yeah it's just like there's like this hard thi- i mean the sound effects are really specific it's the same as like when they flame throw the um the portal like it kind of screams
1: yeah, that's true. And we had this discussion in season one as well when we were asking like every time that we're near the portal, there is a growling noise. And right. we wondered like, is this portal itself a sentient being that is like making these noises? Or is this sort of like set dressing that the show is building atmosphere by, um, by having these noises, not because they are literally being made by a creature in that scene but because sort of like it I don't know shows the I feel, feel like the
0: stuff for that is the difference between you know background kind of sound effects and meaningful ones or whether they include them in the um Close closed captioning. captioning.
1: Yeah, that's a good And squelching approach. is included in
0: the closed captioning. Yeah. um, And just like, and screaming is included in the closed captioning when they are flamethrowing the portal. Yes, okay. Um, or I think it's scree screeching. But like, I feel that it's not just, you know, the sound of like, like these guys are really thinking through the sound effects they're creating for this stuff. And it could just be whatever a flamethrower against something inert sounds like, but it's, it's not. And yeah maybe it's not like sentient like maybe it's a plant reaction but sure sure there's something to it yeah
1: yeah um in any case so uh hopper ends up in a giant tunnel underneath the pumpkin patch that is full of this like particulate matter that you had mentioned like that is the biggest giveaway that we have that we're in the Upside Down Uh, but Mm -hmm. we're not like this is the atmosphere of the Upside Down and it's full of vines in this tunnel like uh, it is not looking good for Hawkins but could it be
0: the Upside Down? Like if it's the portal
1: expanding? Oh maybe of course because like the last shot of the show, they actually like turn the camera so hoppers right. upside down, right? Don't they? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes.
0: Wow. Good call, Kim. I like didn't never even thought of the literal meaning of that. You're right.
1: That's exactly what they do. Oh my God. Between the two of us, we made like <laughs> what might have been an obvious connection. <laughs> Um, I've
0: spent more time eat, sleep, and breathing Stranger Things, and yet still. (laughs) I wonder if this means he's in the other Oh, my God. So
1: I was of the assumption that, like, the vines and stuff had essentially, like, burrowed their way and made this tunnel in our world. Um, That they were sort of, like, invading our space and not necessarily creating a bridge between the two spaces.
0: And their space is starting to invade our space. Like they're like there's not just a simple portal now. It's like it's like it's like a network of a blurred yeah.
1: line between the two worlds.
0: Right. Yeah. It's not
1: good. <laughs> oh my god.
0: Uh amazing. I love this show. Okay. Yes. This show is truly great and um, especially as we've done it, gotten into three and four, like I, episodes three and four it, it and it really starts to take off, you know what I mean? Like and build the momentum, yeah. it's just, it is really excellent. The second season is awesome. So yep. worth the wait of over a year for it to come back. Um, and it's a lot of fun to have it at the Halloween time of year. Like it's kind of, yeah, a, this feels right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree uh so thank you guys again for joining us on this episode we will be back tomorrow with episode five of stranger things and certainly in the meantime leave us feedback at kjrecaps.com slash feedback and leave us a rating or review if you're up for it and in the meantime if you're looking for something else to listen to about creepy stuff we also recap the walking dead and we will be (laughs) releasing that this week as well so feel free to find us uh find us there as well
1: Awesome. Thanks so much for listening, guys. And thank you, Jess. Thanks, Kim. Okay, bye. Bye.